Hello, welcome to Spiritual Warfare. My name is Teresa. I will be reading from the book Imagine Heaven by John Burke, Near-Death Experiences, God's Promises, and the Exhilarating Future That Awaits You. Forward by Don Piper. Interpreting the Experience While studying the scriptures and reading more and more about near-death experience, I've become convinced that the core elements that people report add color to the sketch already drawn by the Jewish prophets and Jesus. Yet many Christians have reacted negatively to near-death experiences considering them either New Age tales or satanic deception. In part, I believe this is because some early researchers who had not had these experiences but simply studied them advocated occult practices like contracting the dead, but I hope to show these interpretations do not fit the core experience reported as well as a biblical interpretation does. So we shouldn't throw out a possible gift from God because of misinterpretations of the data. As theologian R.C. Sproul says, it shouldn't shock the Christian when people undergoing clinical death and being revived come back with certain recollections. I've tried to keep an open mind and I hope that this interesting phenomenon will get the benefit of further research, analysis, and evaluation. Too many of these experiences have been reported for us to simply dismiss them as imaginary or hoaxes. We will explore what these experiences mean, discover how they line up with the Bible, and see what amazing future God wants for all the people he created. But a word of warning is needed. These stories are interpretations of an experience. The core elements stay amazingly true to scripture, but we should remain skeptical of details. After reading close to 1,000 near-death experiences, the most common thing I've heard is how impossible it is to put into words. Listen to the expressions of struggle. There are no human words that even come close. Crystal. There are no words to express his divine presence. Gary. What I saw was too beautiful for words. A Dutch patient. The kind of love that I experienced there cannot be expressed in words. Suresh. One person summed it up well by recounting his thoughts during the experience in relation to what he had been taught in geometry. He had always accepted the existence of only three dimensions, but now he knew his teachers were mistaken. There are more. He concluded that this was the reason retelling his experiences was so difficult because I have to describe it to you in words that are three-dimensional. That's as close as I can get to it, but it's not really adequate. So every individual near-death story is actually 
an interpretation of an experience that's beyond our finite earthly language. That doesn't mean it's completely foreign. Actually, you'll be pleasantly shocked to find heaven vastly more earth, earthy, physical, and real life-like than you've ever imagined, yet so beyond earth as well. But we must be cautious to avoid building a theology or view of God and eternity around individual stories or, te- or details that go beyond the framework of scripture or the core elements found in most near-death experience. So, what's heaven like? As Katie said when her pediatrician kept giving her a skeptical look, don't worry, Dr. Morse, heaven is fun. That's what you're going to discover as we turn our attention to imagine heaven. I'm convinced God has prepared a future for you filled with more exhilaration and excitement, more breathtaking beauty, more love and relational depth with friends and family than you've ever experienced on this great big rock. The most common denominator of those who've had a glimpse, they don't want to come back. So let's begin our imaginative journey. Maybe 50 years from now, maybe tomorrow, when you leave this earthly body behind, you'll get a better body. No more body image hang-ups or painful ailments. The deaf will finally hear. The blind will finally see. Imagine what that body will be like. I was raised by a wonderful stepfather. I was probably four or five years old, and I'm 60 now. He passed three days ago. And reading this book to you really helps me. He was ran over by a train and lost both of his legs. The train stopped on his body. So they had to lift the train off of him. They thought he was dead because he was under there with both legs severed off for, I don't know, a couple of hours or something. And when the medics finally got to him, they're like, you're alive. After he lost his legs, he worked at a steel mill. And that's where he got ran over by the train too. But he went back to work. He was the most hardworking man I have ever met in my life. And just viewing him over the past couple days and knowing That he is in heaven now with his legs. And he's not suffering like he did for years down here. The pain never went away because the prosthesis never fit right, ever. His stumps were a mess. It was just... um, So I'm just thankful that... um, He's up there with the new body. And that is what I am getting ready to talk about. A better body. Dr. Mary Neal, an orthopedic spine surgeon, was on a whitewater kayak trip in Chile when she plunged over a waterfall. 
The nose of her kayak lodged between two boulders, trapping her beneath a cascading torrent of water. Mary and her boat were completely submerged under 10 feet of rapids. I very quickly knew that I would likely die. Mary told me when I interviewed her about her near-death experience, in spite of the fact that she could feel the intense pressure of the water as she lay bent at the waist over the front of the kayak, her bones breaking and her ligaments tearing, she didn't panic. At that point, I completely surrendered the outcome to God's will. The moment I asked God's will be done, I was immediately and very physically held by Christ and reassured that everything would be fine. I grew up in the water. I grew up swimming and boating, doing everything in the water, and I love the water still, but I always feared a drowning death. So the irony was not lost on me that I was drowning. I always thought that would be a terrible and frightening way to die. But at no point did I ever have fear. I never felt air hunger. I never felt panic. I'm a spine surgeon. I certainly tried to do those things that would free me or free the boat. But I felt great. I felt more alive than I've ever felt. The very moment I turned to him, I was overcome with an absolute feeling of calm, peace, and of the very physical sensation of being held in someone's arms. I knew with absolute certainty that I was being held and comforted by Jesus, which was initially surprising. As I'm just an ordinary person, but at the same time I understood perfectly how Jesus could be there holding and comforting me and would similarly be present for any other person who called for his help at the same time anywhere in the world. As Jesus held her, he took Mary through a review of her life. After 14 minutes underwater, Mary's body finally broke free from the kayak and she began to tumble through the rapids. She experienced a feeling of release. It felt as if I had finally shaken off my heavy outer layer, freeing my soul. Mary felt her soul break through the surface of the water and rise above the river where a welcoming committee she likened to the great cloud of witnesses described in Hebrews 12.1 was there to joyously greet her. I was immediately greeted by a group of people, spirits, beings. I'm never really quite sure what word to use because those names mean different things to different people. They were wearing robes of a sort. They were absolutely exploding with a pure, pure love. It was a welcoming committee. I absolutely knew that they were there to welcome me and greet me and make me feel loved and comfortable. They had physical bodies. They had heads, arms, legs. I knew without any doubt that I had known them and loved them as long as I've existed. I knew that they knew me and loved me as long as I existed. It was joy at an unadulterated core level. 
My arrival was joyously celebrated and a feeling of absolute love was palpable as these spiritual beings and I hugged, danced, and greeted each other. The intensity, depth, and purity of these feelings and sensations were far greater than I could ever describe with words and far greater than anything I have ever experienced on earth. Don't get me wrong. I have been very blessed in my life and I have experienced great joy and love here on earth. I love my husband. I love my children with great intensity. It's just that God's world is exponentially more colorful and intense. My companions and I began to glide along a path and I knew that I was going home, my eternal home. As I was drinking in the beauty and rejoicing with my companions, I glimpsed back at the scene on the river bank. My body, which was about 14 minutes underwater, had now been recovered. Looked like the shell of a comfortable old friend and I felt warm and compassion and gratitude for its use. I looked at Tom and his sons, close friends kayaking with Mary and they seemed so terribly sad and vulnerable. I heard them call to me and beg me to take a breath. I loved them and I did not want to make them sad. So I asked my heavenly companions to wait while I returned to my body, lay down, and I took a breath. A spiritual body? Just imagine that point of life you feared most. The death of your earthly body suddenly frees you in a way you never anticipated. You feel alive. In fact, so much yourself and so alive that you have to adjust. It takes a little time to realize you're no longer in your earthly body. You still have a body, arms, legs, fingers, toes, but you begin to realize that something's different as well. It's the same but different. It's an upgrade. Imagine no more aches and pains. Those ailments and impairments are gone and the limitations of movement in your earthly body do not seem to apply to this new upgraded spiritual body. You still have your senses intact. In fact, all your senses seem turbocharged and multiplied. You sense and experience in a way that feels more real, more alive than ever before. All anxiety fades into an astounding sense of peace. So many people who fear death are afraid of the pain of death, yet many who describe it don't recall the pain at all. Instead, they speak of what Paul called the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Philippians 4.7 Paul the Apostle apparently had a near-death experience. They stoned Paul. They dragged him outside the city, thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up. I believe Paul's talking about this experience when he writes, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up in the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows. 
was caught up in a paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. 2 Corinthians 12, 2 through 4. Some things people can't express or are not allowed to tell, but other things God wants us to know. He wants heaven to fire up our imaginations, and I believe that's why he's giving more and more evidence and insight into the life to come. So will we live for it? Most people don't realize this, but the new spiritual body is a promise from God conveyed in the scriptures. Paul may be reflecting on his own near-death experience when he explains, for we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is when we die and we leave our earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we will put on heavenly bodies We will not be spirits without bodies. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. And we would rather be away from these earthly bodies for then we will be at home with the Lord. So whether we are here in the body or away from this body, our goal is to please him. 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 4. Paul reiterates, it's going to be so much better in this new upgraded spiritual body. I'd rather put on a new body, but either way, I'm going to to live to please God. Mary felt herself in a new body, but could also see her old body. Yet the fear and pain of that old body went away as she transitioned into the spiritual body Paul talked about. So what's this new spiritual body going to be like according to the scriptures? Amazingly, just what people of all ages from around the world describe when on the brink of clinical death. I want to thank you for joining me today and on the next reading we will talk about the new body forever young. Have a blessed week.